0: To Captain Link and to Nikos Bournouzes for one more reference conference, bringing us all together to views user experience, experience which uh, in the past few years has, been, has seen and still sees many new challenges for the technical and commercial fleet management. The COVID-19 pandemic created unprecedented scenery for the sector and for our people. Geopolitics in our neighborhood supply chain complications, <coughs> regulatory controversy, technology uncertainties, market cycle disruption, financing hesitance, crew capacity and capability questions. What better place than here in Cyprus, a key operating center, than to find out how the sector has adapted to these changes and what the evolution means for the future. And I'm delighted to have a panel of experts on hand to share their view. So together with me, Roy Alquist, CEO of Ship Management, Andreas Hadzipetrou, Chief Commercial Officer and Managing Director of Columbia, Dimitris Vastaroujas, Deputy Chief Operating Officer of the NAOS Corporation, and Dieter Ronderburg, CEO of InterShip Navigation. And uh, allow me to, to start uh, by some definitions so that we define well the scope of this, of this panel. So what do we mean by optimization? What do we want to optimize? Who should benefit from this optimization? And what blocks the efforts to optimization? And, uh, Dimitri, I have uh, noted, uh, going through some history, that uh, recent history, that on 2022 operation at excellence, Athens Capital Link, you talked on small actions that start the change. Is that relevant to our
1: journey to optimization? Good morning to everybody. I'm very glad to be in Cyprus very pleased to participate in this panel. Sorry about my voice, I'm a little bit cold, but fortunately no COVID. Okay. And uh, it's a good opportunity to exchange uh, views and uh, invaluable experience feedback. Since there are the key holders, stakeholders here that can offer a lot to this new world, the new challenges. Uh, what really optimization is a good question. Uh, with a not so clear answer despite the titles that uh, we used to read in the magazines and newspapers. Of course everybody understands that we are talking about decarbonization green shipping, green world etc. This is the front screen and the ultimate target but in between I think that there is another element Uh, let's be straight, it is a cost what cost means how that affects our efforts uh, to achieve this decarbonisation that the prudent companies one. I would say that optimization uh, can be seen in two ways. Something at present and something for the future. And I would start on the reverse side, going to the future and say that it is something that is still unclear and it is uh, really dominated by the green fuels that will be available at that time. Uh, Now it is early to say something about this. Many efforts are carried out around the world. However, nobody has a crystal ball. Nobody knows exactly what will dominate the market and what will be the apportionment of the new fuels in the market or the new systems in the market. But I will concentrate the present. And uh, saying this I mean that we have to consider three areas. It is the transportation chain, the ship itself and the actions and processes of the third parties who are involved in the shipping. So for the first two I think that, uh, and I'm talking from containers uh, industry experience because we are working with liner companies, I can say that uh, for the first two elements we have to work together. We have to work jointly. It is not something that today we can do by ourselves only. So we need to work with our clients. We need to see how to optimize the route at the first point, and then to move to the second element, which is the ship, and to apply all uh, available uh, optimization methods uh, to participate in testings, etc., etc. For the last part that includes the fuel producers, that includes ports, terminals, I think that we cannot have a direct impact on this operation. So I, I believe that most important for the time being is to develop a joint approach. Because in that case, everybody will take the benefit of it. At the end, despite the obvious uh, winner of this case, which is the environment and the society at the end, until that time, we need to preserve the commercial business to keep them alive and everybody to take a part of the benefit of it. Starting from the end consumer, that must have Let's say uh, regional products by moving uh, to all of us that we transfer these products. Uh, but I would like to say and uh, highlight my last part of my answer uh, about the obstacles that we face. I think the biggest problem today, for me, in my view, is the diversification of the stakeholders. And the generation gap that we have today because we are in front of a, a big challenge. We need to work together, we need to move from I to we, and at the same time, we have totally different mindsets around the world. We have Europeans, we have Asians, Americans, whatever. And also, we have the uh, a new generation that thinks in a different way. And don't forget that uh, there is a a generation gap and we have to cover it, it. Shipping is a traditional and conventional way so I believe and my message is that let's place our forces together, let's try to find ways to optimize all the transportation.
0: Dimitri, uh, thank you very much. I, I particularly enjoyed uh, working together with our clients' concept and I will keep the working together part which is very fundamental for what we do. Uh, I, I also like the, the honest and direct mention to commercial things because we, sometimes we tend to demonize the commercial part, but we forget that uh, the ships exist so that they can make some money in transfer goods. If they cannot if they cannot make profit, they will not
2: exist. Uh, Roneth, what is your view on optimization? Does it tie with all this? Thank you very much. Uh, first of all, good morning, everyone. Uh, it's good to be here in Cyprus. Thank you to the new minister for gracing us with our presence. Of course, thank you to Nicholas and Olga for this all together for the sixth time um, here in Cyprus. It's great. Um, thank you, Mr. Chairman. And thank you, Theo, and to the rest of the panel. Um, well, expanding a little bit further on what Dimitris said, um, of course, there's three aspects here. It's the commercial, it's the technical, and it's the operational aspect and to deal with all of those things and, and make an integrated approach to maximize the benefit for the owner for financially, uh, financially at the end of the day, because that's what it all comes down to. Uh, first is the green emissions control that we all are guided by and we have to fulfill. Uh, but that also has to be supported by by a commercial approach. Um, so it's the commercial side that has to be integrated the technical and the operational aspect and right now I see multiple programs, softwares, initiatives flying around in our inboxes. Most of our inboxes are probably flooded with various types of AI dominated or otherwise dominated software applications and program, program, programmatical solutions. I think all of them are great uh, on their own as a standalone but we need to take an integrated approach and finally this will end up in the hands of the owners uh, in cooperation with their technical managers in-house or otherwise. Uh, and that that work has probably only just begun. Uh, some people are further ahead than others. The container ships are, you know, leading leading the, the way here because of their you know, the way that they trade uh, and just time arrivals and possibility of managing their arrival times, late camp management, etc., which is slightly more complicated than other the segments could potentially tankers be one of the more complicated ones. But um, So the, the approach varies by segment, but an industry global uh, approach, integrated approach, is necessary. And I think most owners will probably handle that partly on their own, but we also need some guidance and rules and regulations that would help us to move this along. Thanks very much. Thank you, Ryan. The information
0: integrated green and commercial, which most probably can give us a summary of the route of optimization. So this route of optimization goes goes through geopolitics, uncertainty, and black swans vis-a-vis efforts of optimization. And one wonders if these are really problems, challenges, or opportunities to do something new or something better. Nassim Nicholas Taleb, the New Yorker, said that the pandemic was not really a black swan, but a portent of a more fragile global system. And I would like to have Dieter's opinion on what are the lessons learned, and to what extent we are now better, or we are just different as we are approaching optimization in the future. Yeah,
3: and thank you, Theodos, and also from my side. Good morning and uh, thank you to Nikolas and the team for organizing this and thank you to the Minister for being with us today. Um, Indeed, I think uh, geopolitical uncertainty um, is a hot topic at the moment, certainly um, regionally here because of uh, Russian aggression aggression against uh, Ukraine, but um, uh, geopolitical uncertainties have been uh, a challenge for shipping for, for many, many decades, if not centuries. Uh, we have seen um, many disruptions uh, due to political issues. We have uh, seen the uh, closure of the um, Suez Canal, um, not the one most recently where they were given, but in uh, 1967 to 75, um, uh, which has caused big changes to uh, world trade, to the shipping. Uh, but um, you also refer to the Covid pandemic now, and uh, this is another disruption, another kind of disruption that, uh, um, that um, not only hit shipping but hit of course um, world trade and, and the world at large. Um, I believe shipping has, has uh, managed uh, over time very well with, this, uh, with these conditions, with, uh, with sudden changes to its operation of the modus operandi. Um, and shipping has been very resilient. Also, has um, shown uh, big resilience uh, in the last um, years uh, during the COVID uh, pandemic, um, when really the uh, the issues that um, that slowed down world trade, that caused a disruption through um, the supply chains, came from the shore side rather than from the, ship's, the shipping side. So the shipping industry has operated uh, very resiliently in uh, uh, in this in these times. Now is there a chance for um, optimization um, is there um, is, is there a chance to, to, uh, to come become more stronger well I think to be able to optimize something um, it needs to be planable you need to be able you, you have a, you, you have you have a target that you want to reach and then you develop steps how to get there that's how you optimize something um, by definition, uh, Political disruptions, um, geopolitical tensions, trade wars, sanctions um, are not something that uh, that we can plan for. So I think it is very difficult um, to optimize uh, our operation in this respect. However, um, we can work on our resilience. We can work on being resilient um, in, in in these cases. And I think in that sense, um, the last uh, few years have shown uh, again that shipping has been resilient and we have learned from um, uh, from these impacts and, and how to work around it. So optimization may be a challenge for these things, but um, uh, uh, resilience, uh, training, uh, definitely. Thank you. So I, I could say
0: optimize the way we are prepared for the unexpected. Maybe. Um, yes. If that makes any sense. Expect the unexpected. And optimize the way you react to it. Andrea, how much are we prepared to uh, to expect the unexpected? And is it, is it part of the unexpected, and the entrance of new players, or of new, um, for example, the the Saudi Arabia vision 30. Is it, is it something new? Is it something that will change the scenario in similar uh, actions and prayers around the world. Talking about the unexpected, um, apologies. I'm
4: not very well prepared because unexpectedly I was asked to attend the panel, so nice to see you all. Also, uh, I expected many congratulations to Marina for the appointment. Uh, it's it's very nice to see somebody also from Augusta. Um, being the Deputy Minister uh, here in Limassol, and uh, we wish you a great success. Many thanks to Nicolas, Olga and Kabila Link for uh, for uh, being here and uh, thank you also to Mr. Polis for being the anchor uh, supporter of Kabila uh, Link. Now, as far as the black uh, zone effects and so on, shipping is resilient. We have learned and, and it's our... Business really to serve the globe with our ships and to make sure that uh, the economy is moving. So, through the latest events we had with COVID and the war and so on, um, there have been a lot of incidents and a great uh, destruction of our operations, but uh, the economy is still moving. There have been uh, winners and losers in terms of. Uh, the shiboming side where uh, uh, specific sectors like uh, cruise vessels, they suffered a lot and other sectors like container shipping they gained a lot. Within this environment, we as um, members of the shipping community we have adjusted our way of working and we have made sure that we serve um, our needs and our clients and and we have improved. I can uh, tell you that as an example, with our organization, the last three, four years, we had, um, we opened a few new offices. We have uh, had the chance to get uh, uh, a number of new clients. So despite the very bad situation we had with COVID and the war, it's an example that we have grown our business. Mm-hmm. Having said that, um, situations like uh, the vision of uh, the kingdom about 2030, as an example, uh, is clearly uh, an example where a country who, which is based on oil they have decided to deassociate their uh, themselves from oil, which is huge. This means they need um, to they have decided to build a new economy really, with uh, new uh, infrastructure ports, uh, airports, uh, railway systems and the whole emphasis is how do we do this in a green way. Obviously, shipping has a role to play, because then we need uh, ships to deliver goods to their ports, they will need raw materials. So we do have a role to play uh, with, uh, with a vision like that. As an organization, we opened an office in, in Saudi almost five years ago, and I can tell you it's a, it's a learning exercise. It's not an easy win, and it's not uh, something that you know the, the dollars we fly uh, just like that. It's, it's a very competitive market, so so that's uh, that's about it. So for me, the the situation that you have with and uh, un- with the unexpected is actually opportunities, and we have to stay relevant. We have to be um, able to work with others, and we have to extend our network of uh, building up relationships. Not only, um, for example in technical management that we, that we primarily operate, but you need to look into logistics, you need to look into services ports, you need to look into technology, you need to look into the healthcare of the people, you need to look into various other related uh, uh,
0: categories that we are all responsible for. So, in a sense, uh, adapting is part of, the, uh, of optimizing the way for the future. And I think uh, don't don't stick to old recipes, but see what comes and uh, look at it with an innovative way. I I cannot escape mentioning uh, in this panel that, uh, the term CII. I'm sorry, uh, but uh, I, I I think that optimization uh, in, in CII, the relevant uh, regulatory uh, developments are going together or should go together. Uh, and uh, it's part of the it's, it's it's part of a scenery with a lot of images which some of them we may have missed. So talking about optimization for example in CI, we we it appears that we have lost the significance of just in time arrivals, supports, responsibilities, charter involvements, new close, etc etc. And uh, to an extent, uh, some may wonder if we introduce regulation and go backwards or not. I would like to go to to Roine And uh, I I mentioned going through LinkedIn that about a month ago, Royne, you talked about the regulation increasing complexity. And you mentioned that to manage this complexity, we require excellent people, processes, systems, and solid governance frameworks. So how do all these tie together, and how do we disentangle them and move forward in an optimized way? Well, thank you,
2: Theo. And reminds me not to post anything on LinkedIn before. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, very, very good question. All right, so all these acronyms, EAI, EXI—you know—it can drive anyone outside of the industry crazy. And then on top of that, we have the EU regulatory framework, which keeps coming up with new ideas. And all of this is, is really, really good. And I think we need to be driven by regulation. And it's, it's a force to be, you know, to, to be had to drive us forward. Uh, the commercial incentives obviously need to be there. And as we see regulation develop, the commercial incentives will align themselves along the way. And people will come up with new technological solutions, and solutions to operational problems, technical, and, and ultimately that benefits the commercial environment in the, in the whole industry. So, so that's really um, creating on-the-ground problems, how do you actually execute on these things? How do you get the various parts in, in the shipping industry to collaborate to cooperate? We um, have ports, you have the ship owners, um, charters, getting all of these uh, entities and, and commercial interests to collaborate is probably one of the hardest things that one can do. Um, And the only way to do that is under the umbrella of the the regulatory framework and getting everybody together in in various types of venues, conferences and using um, ship owners' associations, um, inter-manager to be able to influence the the regulations and to cooperate and find a framework that works going forward. I think uh, this whole thing is a a gigantic moving machine and things will, will happen over time. We are seeing things moving in a very rapid way. Uh, although it looks slow from the outside, it's actually moving very, very quickly. Regulations are changing, it's impacting uh, new building programs, it's impacting new building decisions for sure, and it's impacting decisions on uh, on acquisitions in the second-hand market as well. Um, so all of that is, is great. Uh, I think maybe, you know, there's some speculation, I think that maybe modal shifts will happen, so maybe oil will start to move into pipelines instead of on the ships i mean we have to remember that 90 percent of all the goods in the world are transported by ships and the pandemic reminded us very harshly of that fact uh, container industry dry bulk market and then eventually the tanker market benefited greatly from from that uh, and we saw that the disruptions in supply chains created um, during the pandemic uh, then came back with the vengeance and uh, as COVID restrictions were lifted so clearly uh, Shipping is not something that can be switched out of, uh, and if it can, it cannot happen within this century for sure. Yeah. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, thank you, what wonder Shift is a is a nightmare, which we sometimes mm-hmm. easily forget. Uh, Dieter, uh, what is what is your view on this uh, regulatory complexity? Um, would it offer optimization opportunities, uh, development opportunities? For example. Uh, we know and we don't know. We, we know that uh, if it's CII, you're rated B or E, you have to take some actions. Uh, but we don't know what will happen if you don't take the actions. Uh, it, it's, it's an overall uncertainty or an overall greater opportunity to move forward? Yeah,
3: actually, I think we have, we have uh, handed a great opportunity to, to optimize uh, operations with this. Um, the concept uh, of bringing in the charter, making the charter responsible, the commercial operator responsible for the emissions, um, uh, it, it will is is a great opportunity to improve because um, right now it's all about profitability, and, and from 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 now on we will uh, we will be working around the emissions as well. And uh, if you look at um, you on the on the container side, you're probably best off. But if you look at the bike carrier tanker operation. The amount of uh, ballast uh, voyages you still have uh, in, in these industries is, is enormous, and I think um, if we if we um, join forces uh, to improve this, uh, to reduce uh, ballast voyages, um, reduce emissions through this as well, then this is a great opportunity. And let me also say that um, I think the green corridor concept that uh, is uh, springing up now around the world in many many areas of the world. Um, This is also, it could be a a potential to improve not only the emissions, but um, um, trade in general. You can bring uh, cargoes together uh, into one specific route to to optimize the trade between two specific areas. So I think, um, you know, the entire Um, the greening of the industry really holds uh, a lot of opportunities for improvement uh, in general. But I would also say um, that one of the challenges, and Dimitris mentioned it already, one of the big challenges is, in my mind, um, the. Uh, the other stakeholders that we do not control. Uh, it's the, the shore-based industries that uh, that are, you know, the, the, the lack of cooperation, the lack of uh, coordination, lack of information that uh, um, creates inefficiencies in the shipping industry. And I really think this is, needs, is something that needs to be addressed. Again, you are much better off on the container side, but if I see the bike operation, um, you know, I think you mentioned just-in-time arrival. Of, uh, we're talking uh, virtual NOR. Um, it's not, you know, virtual NOR is not accepted and still not accepted in, in the industry. So there's a lot um, that we need to work on the um, on the stakeholders uh, as well.
0: Yeah, correct. And Ron, you mentioned also lake and management,
3: and all this. I
0: uh, we know that in the picture, but it appears that nobody is really touching it or, uh, or managing them. Uh, really can we use technology to, to manage these uh, uncertainties and if we can you already mentioned and I know you you like referring to this uh, generation gap or thinking gap, or, or is it a gap or an opportunity or a, or the ability of the sector to use to use both the traditional way of thinking and the new way of thinking but what, what can we do best? combine to optimize the combination of all this
1: now we enter the practical field Um, I will start with a pessimistic statement by 2026 70% of the container ships if they continue to operate with the same way that they operate today they will be rated E what we will do we cannot make serious retrofits because for the other ships there are no pirate engines. So even if someone wants to spend money cannot do it. And uh, we have already applied uh, the common improvements like bulbous ball, paints, propellers, etc. Et so what will happen with these ships? Technology and digitalization are the vehicles to uh, meet the target. But I think that we have to concentrate on them in different time frames. So regarding the machinery, for example, uh, we have to wait until to see uh, mature solutions in the market. So I'm moving to the digitalization part, which uh, involves everybody and requires common actions. For the digitalization part, I have to say that there are, to my view again, uh, two ways. One is uh, the ship itself and the other is uh, the transportation optimization that I mentioned uh, previously. If we go to the ship-specific issues, the big question is how can we use the technology to get something from this, because we have to do something today, we have to improve things today and uh, working with uh, digital uh, recordings and uh, data collection and analysis more than 10 years now in our company I can say that we still try to find some answers why this? because we realize that the most important part and it is the part that digitalization helps a lot is to prevent the development of additional power demand you can make any kind of uh, investment on board but if you don't take care in the real condition of the ship the as possible additional power demand develops which means that deteriorates the results and increase the emissions so working with intelligent systems artificial intelligence and uh, I think more to come uh, we can have a very very fast reaction and the possibility to take immediate action but there is a problem here and I'm coming to what the uh, Therossi said at the beginning of uh, this question. What happened with the people? I want to share with you a very, very short story. Uh, we prepared, our r and prepared a very, very sophisticated system. We presented to our uh, team, all our employees, very experienced people. And we told them that the system can control more than 80 routines per ship per day, real time, and every morning to see the results in your office. Excellent. What they told me, it is really fantastic, but how I can cope in my life, coming back, coming in the office every day, seeing problems from the first morning? Something is wrong. And this is something that shows that people, they cannot evolve the same rate with the technology. It takes time. And this is what really bothers us. But from the other side, we see that the young generation, and I'm coming again to theodosius position about a potential opportunity. I see the young generation to work with a screen in front of them. And that will be helpful in future, although it looks strange for me and my age. <laughs> but uh, uh, going to the, the root optimization part, then it is more difficult because we have not only to find our people, to, to educate our people, to prepare our teams, but the same must happen with the clients teams all over the world and try to find ways to communicate, share data, share efforts, and achieve results. And here, there is a small gap in the legislation. There is nothing certain about, to my knowledge, about the data collection, the accuracy of data, and how to use the same things. Because I, I have understood one thing. If in my system I conclude that this happens, this is a situation with the C, and another system for my client, because they use, for example, different uh, sampling rate, 10 seconds, instead of one, yeah. cell or one minute of data collection, yeah. then and we have different results, then we lose the trust. And the lack of trust will be detrimental to this effort that we are trying to do. So we need to specify some rules, framework about data collection in order to have a stable and trustful environment. Regarding the cybersecurity, finally, that I saw a question about this, uh, I think that we are in a good level. There is a legislation, but cybersecurity measures have to be dynamic. Since we enter the digital world, these have to be upgraded all the time.
0: Thank you. Dimitri, thank you. And, uh, it's of no surprise, but it's very nice that we all, in, in our discussion and our replies, we mention people and people and people. And before going to Andreas, for the people of Soria on the board, I will, I will pass the Roy And uh, part of these people uh, equation, is also the people who lead. Uh, Do we have, do we need need to optimize the leaders? Do we have any, any challenge on that part?
2: Optimize the leaders, yeah, it's a tricky one. I guess, of course, we have to all understand what it is that we're facing and what we're working with and how we're gonna address it. Um, ultimately, it's been said I think a, a few times here this morning that you know, the, the people on board and the people in the offices who, who have to execute on, on this, they have to follow the technology and the technology has to follow them. We cannot uh, have the technology run ahead and uh, people cannot understand or interpret or understand as the to said in the morning, you know, looking at problems that are not necessarily positive to to the overall running of the vessels. I think, of, of course, we all need to be aware and fully focused and understand what technology can bring, but there are also gaps and shortages in technology and uh, you know, that's why we're not overtaken by robots just yet. Um, so there's definitely you know, a, a leadership and a, within each company that has to take place in order to make sure that we can manage the digital interp- input that comes into our minds every day and hopefully the next generation can do better uh, than, than us and the young children of today they are stuck to their iPads and and computers and they can interpret and process data much faster than existing generations. So hopefully we can attract them into the shipping industry. Uh, But in the meantime, we need to manage this whole situation by having a leadership across the industry that understands uh, both the opportunities and the challenges of digital technology and the value. thank you. Andres, over to you.
0: People on board and people on shore We talk about mental health, We talk about training capabilities, uh, we also sometimes talk about even the gaps of capabilities between different ship types uh, as we see the new technology coming in, alternative fuels, and so on and so forth. Uh, Colombia has a lot of people, so your experience of this is huge. Thank you for the question.
4: People, um, I mean, I can start talking now and finish in a, in a few minutes. You have to finish in one minute. I would be a bit uh, talking. But uh, what I would say is that we emphasize um, our operations on our people. We have to. And especially the people on board. Because the people on board manage the ships from the ships. And we rely on them to be uh, professional in what they do. So what we have seen during the last five years, we have interconnected the office with the ship quite significantly, a lot more than before. The industry is a lot more transparent. We have um, continuous communication with the ships and there is a lot uh, more interaction with the ships. Having said that, um, the people on board are compacted with regulations continuously and reporting so that's a, that's a challenge that we need to overcome and we are trying to overcome this with uh, technology but the important thing is to treat the seafarers in the same way as we treat the, the people at the offices the seafarer is not a second class um, employee of ours and it's not a second class employee of anybody of course and what we have um, achieved the last years is also to provide the seafarers with um, additional, let's say, benefits for being employed with us, and and, and, which includes uh, personal development, It includes uh, mental health uh, support, an entirely holistic approach with uh, telemedicine and so on. And in general, the seafarers are part of the organization. What we are indeed lacking is um, the effort to train the people and that's an industry issue because with COVID we haven't been able to visit the, the training centers a all and, and create um, the environment where we are continuously developing the people but this is again an industry issue which we overcome with uh, e-learning and so on. Um, overall we rely on our people, we are proud of our people and, uh, and one thing that we have learned as well through the crisis is that you cannot rely only on one nationality of, sh- of siferers so those of us that they, that they are only working with indians i think during uh, covid there was a period that you couldn't do any changes with indian siferers so that was uh, that was not possible others today with russians russians are restricted from a number of clients so so generally you need to have a global reach to be Able to service um, uh, the needs of the clients uh, under any black swan yeah.
0: and, and as you say, taking care of our people, um, it, it is uh, extremely nice and privileged to have the deputy minister here, and uh, with our obvious wishes for full success, and uh, with the pleasure of already uh, listening to Mr. Alous about the new initiatives. I will ask uh, Dieter to uh, give us a view on what we would expect, uh, one thing we would expect uh, for Cyprus to do even more to support this wonderful center that uh, has been established here in this uh, island.
3: Um, Yeah, thank you. I think uh, Eliana answered the the question already. I mean, uh, she gave uh, um, the program for the next year, and it's only a year. One month or two months until hopefully we see also the uh, one-stop shipping shop. Um, I think the you know the the real advantage. Of most of us here we know this, of course. The real advantage of Cyprus as a business center, as a shipping center, is the strong support that we get from the governments, from uh, successive governments, uh, from the um, from the, um, the what is today ministry. Um, I've been here for 33 years. I've seen the development uh, uh, in the ministry sometimes a bit slow. Um, certainly, when it comes to digitalization, I think in many ways uh, we could be further than we are. But um, I, I also say that uh, Cyber is doing a lot more than many others. Um, and uh, you know, we have our office in Germany, head office in Germany, and I see how they are struggling with that tape there. Um, Doing business in Cyprus is certainly a lot easier, and it, uh, as we heard today, it's just going to get easier. I think also we have a great um, um, uh, industry here that is uh, investing a lot in, uh, up in you know, being uh, uh, on the forefront of innovation. Um, we have uh, several large ship owners and ship managers here who, who want to be leading uh, in, in the um, and the cleaning of the industry as well as decarbonization. So I think um, um, both taking together the, 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 um, administra- the administration as well as the, the industry, it really creates a very uh, good matching pot for, for ideas and for innovation. Thank you, Peter. And
0: uh, we have to conclude after the clock has turned red. I would keep only one thing, that this panel asks uh, what's next. And I would say that whatever is next, the people we are working for, um, on board, and, sure, and ourselves, should be developed, motivated, healthy in our psychology, and culturally engaged. And I think that a nice break will give us the chance to be more engaged and energized now. Mr. Chairman, correct? You said
3: very well, very eloquently actually. Um, in fact, I'd like to thank you for, first of all, you the moderator and the panel, um, I just said that basically we're, we're a little bit short of time. Um, I'd like to thank our, our panelists and our moderator here for the session. It's been very informative. If you can kindly be back by 11 o'clock, if possible, please. Because we just got to keep this time consuming. The time is part of my role, unfortunately. Congratulations. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you.